You're listening to Classic Movies Live on Heatwave Radio, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out, and today we're going to talk about our uh, first ever Pixar movie that we've talked about on the show. Uh, we're going to talk about Onward. This is a new movie by a guy whose name I do not remember, so that's cool. Uh, a guy who did Monsters University. Um, we have a lot of thoughts on Onward. Uh, we have a lot of thoughts on Pixar, so this is a very long episode. And there's actually not that many spoilers, but when there are, we we, we mark them. So, like, probably when we say spoilers, if you want to avoid spoilers, you can probably just, like, skip five minutes and not get anything. But, you know, that's up to you. So this is, uh, this is, was there anything off the score that we could put for this? I don't even remember what the music was like in this. I guess we're about to find out what the music was like in Onward. Here it is. We are Classic Movies Live, and here we're here to talk about the movies that already came out in a pre-recorded show. That's exactly our intro. So, uh, what's the movie we're talking about today? Today we're ta- this is our first Pixar movie. Today we were talking about a Pixar movie. It is. Yeah. Th- so I realized as I was uh, putting together the the um, words, the words mm. for Frozen Two. I love words. Uh, we had never talked about a Disney animated movie up to that point. And uh, surprisingly, right? Really? Yeah. And um, today uh, is the first time that we're going to be talking about a Pixar movie. And what is that movie? That movie is Onward. Okay. I actually don't like the name. <laughs> I can't remember what it is. I always thought of like I it has every, nothing to do with the movie. Every, I mean, it does, but I mean, barely. Every yeah. time I, every time I like was hyping it to people. Oh, every time I was like trying to tell people about it, I was like, oh, the movie's called Bound, and then I would realize it's not called that at all. Yeah. I don't know why I thought Bound. Um, Probably Kanye. Onward Bound? Maybe? Yeah, mm, something like that. Why was the Kanye song? You're just like... <laughs> yeah, it's it's Bound, not Bound 2 or uh, Bound 3. There it's was the a first Bound one. 1, I think. I don't think there was. There was. It was because like... Bound 2, like if, it was... The, the, are, you, are you sure there was a Bound I'm 1? I'm pretty sure because... Well, there, it was never released, but it was like... Oh. Bound 2 was like he stripped down all the... He had a lot more on top of the sample, but then oh, okay. he stripped it all down. Because I thought Bound 2 was like... I didn't think Bound it was... Bound 2, Fall in Love. Yeah, that's yeah, what I thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's part I of it, I thought it was too. mostly just the pun. I didn't Honestly, know. it might be. Anyway. But... There was a Bound 3, because that was with James Franco and Seth Rogen. What? Oh, yeah. the music video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, we're not here to talk about music videos, I mean, unfortunately. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. On a sequel podcast. Yes. But, yeah, Onward, uh, what did you think? Or actually, do you want to explain the plot or the um, general gist of the, so the premise? Like, uh, Tom Holland is uh, Chris Pratt's brother. 
Yeah. As as things go. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of odd casting I found for a little weird, a but Pixar it worked. Movie. It did work though. I thought. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Anyway, um, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt are brothers, and they're elves, which look very strange compared to how you would normally. Th- think of elves yeah, in this movie. That's true. Um and Tom Holland turns sixteen, uh, just like in real life. And then his uh he gets a magic staff from his dad with a spell attached to it to bring his dad who has who is dead back from the dead for one day. Yeah. And they do the spell, but it messes up and they only get his they only get his legs. So the movie is about it was about those two going on a quest to find the reagents so that they can do the spell again and get the rest of him. Yeah, and they have twenty four hours to do it. Kind of a emotion bait bait plot, if that makes sense. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, my God. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, like, very very much so. Yeah, I don't know. I was in I was into it for the like fantasy aspects that they for the world they set up because I yeah. thought it was a really cool world they set up. Yeah. Well, cause like it's so like, I really like the idea just in general of fantasy worlds that then, um, that where there's like all of the things you would normally have in a fantasy world, but the setting is basically just like I don't know Detroit or something. Mm. I like the setting of Bright. I hate everything about Bright, but that's <laughs> the kind of setting that I like. Yeah, it's kind of a sci-fi mixed with yeah a little supernatural bit. elements. Yeah, yeah and this I one, guess it's not sci-fi. It's, it's not really current. sci-fi. It's just yeah current like because old fantasy worlds they were for their like really old fantasy worlds are like for their day sort of sci-fi because yeah. if you think of like the old King Arthur legends they're talking about stuff that didn't exist but I mean you know the person who was going to read that was never going to go 12 miles outside of the village they lived in so they didn't know that that didn't exist that could totally be a thing yeah that's true so like it's cool to see that kind of that kind of fantasy setting I think mm-hmm. and um, I really liked about this one it's set up right at the beginning that like one a, a long time ago there was magic and wizards were really cool but not everyone could use magic so like a dude just invented a light bulb, and then they just started using what would become modern technology. Yeah, which made sense. Yeah, I thought at that the was start. Cool. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, I, f- I feel like I keep like low key like. Well, it's like passive aggressively roasting this movie I, <laughs> as I, you talk. I, I kind of get it though, because like, um, I liked how they set up the world. By the end of the movie, the world, what they've tried to do with the world, doesn't fully make a lot of sense. Yeah, it felt kind of pointless, it actually, in some ways. A, a pointless, and, like, if there is a point, it's the wrong one. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> um, by the end of the world, like, or not by the end of the world, by the end of the movie, so at the beginning of the movie, like, magic is basically not a thing that, you know, not, most people don't really use magic because there's technology and they can just get by way easier. Yeah. But by the end of the world, through uh, by the end of the movie, through their... Um, quest they've restored magic to a couple of people which is cool i guess but then like the way it's portrayed it's like well magic is now back in the world and it's like well not really they just went on a road trip for a bit yeah it was like they were trying to set up a a grander theme in the movie yeah but then it was just like why it that's not shouldn't be the point yeah the the part of this movie that works the, the part of this movie that really works is like their very specific journey and that's fine mm-hmm. 
the parts that doesn't work is like anytime they try to expand it outside of the scope of just the main characters of this. Yeah. Um, that's that always seems a little forced. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is it's like it's a it's a character oriented movie. Yeah. It has a very limited runtime, right? Yeah. So they just don't have the time to do both, if that makes right. sense. Especially because I think this story especially requires a lot of character building mm-hmm. rather than world building to ensure that the payoff at the end works out. Yeah. Because that's what it's building up to. And I guess that's really my only complaint <clears throat> of this is there are some points where they sort of force in world building that they actually don't need. Mm, yeah, I would say it's so. It's more like, it's not necessarily world building, it's more like world changing I guess because mm-hmm. the, the world they build at the start is fine mm-hmm. and then there's parts where they just sort of like force in tiny changes that don't need to be there mm. well yeah I'm trying to think like I, I can't think of any Pixar movies off the top of my head that are entirely like fantastical or like not cars I mean <laughs> shit. the only one I can think of is like was Tangled Pixar no Tangled was Disney oh um like maybe Wally. But even so, that was kind pretty. Of. That was, a, was actually like pretty decently hard sci-fi. Yeah, um, but that that actually worked really well in that movie. Brave, Probably. but Brave is really more just historical. Yeah. So yeah, but every every other Pixar movie has pretty much been in like the regular world. Yeah, except Cars. Except Cars and like I guess Inside Out maybe. No, Inside Out is I like mean, Inside Out technically, but they are building a world in the mind of yeah, the, yeah. the child, right? Yeah, it's um, yeah. I don't know. This might be like this is probably the most that Pixar has like really delved into world building because yeah. they've done some world building and other stuff like Oh, Monsters Inc. Yeah. I forgot about that. But yeah. that was also very But even much... then it's like this is the first one, this is the first Pixar movie where it's not where well in most Pixar movies it's like this is our world or it's a world adjacent to our own. Like mm-hmm. Monsters Inc is a world of things that live in closets essentially yeah and so um and then like honestly i think the most fantastical world and the most world building they've done before this movie cars i actually think that they didn't do much i mean but it does cars like, literally just the regular but it does world like, but with the cars pretty much yeah but it does kind of like they address it a little bit barely mm-hmm. but more than in most of their other movies mm-hmm. i would say so like this is the most world building they've done because yeah, they, this this world that. is not like the world of Onward is like our own in appearance only and not even yeah. really then. Yeah. So it's very it's very different. Which is unfortunate, I would say. That Why? they build so much onto that cuz yeah, I think oh, it does affect everything else. Yeah, because well, I movie. think Yeah. Um I Again, I like the concept, and I think that there's a lot of good world building they do there. They might overcompensate at points. That's, I guess, what it is. Yeah. Like, mm, I'm trying to think of specific ones. The specific scene I think of is the Manticore. Um, The Manticore Mm. is a decent character, and, like, the Manticore, uh, they start their journey by going to the Manticore's Tavern, which Mm. is this tavern that's apparently existed for, I guess, all of time. Uh, And it's been turned into a... Family friendly restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And it's a really good scene. I love that scene. But then, like, um, they talk to the manager who is the Manticore, 
and she like has a midlife crisis in the restaurant and then burns down the entire restaurant. And then when you see her again at the end, she's running the Manticore's Tavern like an old questing tavern. And I'm like, yeah. well, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to do that though. But it, and it was still like a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I, I like, like this, I guess. Quests. Like this sounds cool, but yeah. this doesn't really make a lot of sense with the world that you live in. Like this is kind of forcing that old thing in that doesn't really fit anymore. Yeah. I guess they were they were trying to go for themes of just like I don't know what's the word? It's just like embracing your roots, if that makes sense. Like I don't guess. lead an artificial life. But Except then that those themes aren't the theme of the movie. Because the movie is like it's the the movie is kind of about it's about this relationship that they have with their dad and one of them Tom Holland never had a relationship with his dad, so it's about like it's about the relationship between these characters and those are the themes. Mm -hmm. So the the theme of like going back to your roots and stuff is sort of wishy washy. It's not really all there. And yeah, so when it felt they, unnecessary. It, it felt unnecessary and it felt just sort of it, it felt tacked on when they put it on because That's it wasn't true. developed well enough. Yeah, like what comes to mind is like they have like a centaur stepdad. Yeah. And basically his character arc is he runs instead of drives now. Which, he's a horse, I guess. Which, but then also, like, it's a it's a cool idea, but then it just kind of it's, it's a, literally tacked on at the end. Well, it's you know? a cool idea, but also they establish that he drives because he can probably drive faster and it's more convenient for him. So why um, is he just? No, they they say they say horses. They say his running speed would be equivalent or whatever. Yeah, but kind it is of. yes, but it is still like more convenient. So it's like if he's already driving. Sure, it's cool if, the, if he's running, but, like, why did he get to that point? Just because they mentioned it once? Well, I, I guess their point was people are just lazy. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, too, because, yeah. Well, I, at least, like, with that with that scene, I would have liked... It doesn't entirely make sense in the world, but then also I would have liked to see him... Like, maybe he's having I, lots I would, of car troubles or he can't drive or something. I would have wanted to see something. him get there, really. Because yeah. That's, that's the thing, is... Um, Everything that's not related to the specific main characters of this movie, who I would say are obviously Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, and Don't. then maybe, maybe the Manticore and definitely their mom. Yeah. But like, Anything that's not related to those specific characters, you kind of don't see people get to that point. Yeah. So they have this character development. Well, they well, have even with the mom, like there was no character development across the board mostly. Yeah. I don't know what her arc was other than that's true. I need to protect. She was a good mom. She was a good like. mom. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure what her arc was. Really I feel change. like there was. She was on screen enough and doing a good enough job like that I'm sure there right. was development. I just don't know what her arc was. Yeah. But that's the thing with some of the with some of them like. You can tell what their arc is, but the development isn't really there. Yeah. Um, Which is, well, that's a problem. Yeah. I would say that the Manticore is probably, the most as a developed. side character, like the most developed of the side characters. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, that's why I put her basically in the same boat as the main characters. But 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 like their, their centaur stepdad, I would have wanted a little more development for him because yeah. he was good. I liked also, him it was quite like, a bit. Basically, like the main antagonist, actually. Yeah. Throughout, or like for the first half of the movie, at least. Mm -hmm. Um. And yeah, then he disappears, and then he's all friendly with the kids again, even though he was chasing them down. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he runs. He never. He yeah. never really had any complaints about his car. Mm -hmm. He never really said anything at all about like running, other than I don't like to run. And then at the end, hey, I'm running now. 
I'm going to run to work. Or something. Exactly. I don't know. But yeah, it felt kind of lazy. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the main characters then? I mean, kind of. I don't want it to come across like I hated this movie because I didn't. I really like this movie a lot, actually. Yeah. It oh, was like, shit. I'm sorry. No, this was probably like, this was actually probably one of my favorite Pixar movies of the last couple of years. Uh, well, I, what else has come out? Inside Out, which I... Oh, a couple of, yeah. in like a while. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I would say that of the last couple of years, what do we have? We had Inside Out. We had Coco. We had... Um, the Good Dinosaur, we had Cars 3, Incredibles 2, and this, roughly. I might have forgotten one in there. Mm, yeah. But I would say, like, this, Cars 3, and Coco are definitely my top three of those that I just mentioned. Cars 3? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Cars 3 you is... Didn't like, you like Cars 3 more than Inside Out? I think so. Inside, wow. Out, Inside Out is good, and I like most of Inside Out, but what I... Upon, the more I rewatch Inside Out, the oh. world is kind of empty. The world is good, mm -hmm. but there's just not very much in it. And so, sure. like, it's visually, it's visually not that fun to keep watching, mm. even though it's got a good story. Mm. So, like, Inside Out is written very well, but the, but like the visuals of it aren't perfect mm -hmm. and could definitely be a lot better yeah and with this one the visuals are incredible so that gives it so many points in my book already and then the story is almost there because mm -hmm. the story i feel like i mean I've, I've said it i keep saying it the the main story the main story at the core of it with all the characters is mostly done pretty good it's it's not necessarily original or anything mm. but it's it's a well done story that i've seen before okay where the other stuff the the auxiliary stuff to the to the main story is has got its problems yeah. it, even that's not bad it's just it could be better and that's really what it is with pixar movies there's very few that i've seen that i would actually say are bad like cars 2 and the good dinosaur probably mm. um but like yeah, there's very few that I would say are actually bad, but there's a lot that there's quite a few where you notice that they could be better. And mm. Pixar had like a solid run from like 96 until probably 2004 of nothing but good of like almost perfect movies. Yeah. So like if I see something that's Pixar and it's not as good as Monsters, Inc., of course it's not as good as Monsters, Inc. We're comparing it to Monsters, Inc. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm going to notice everything about it that's not as good as Monsters, Inc., right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But I don't know. I just, I you, didn't you like You did it. not like <laughs> this movie. I just, it was just all right. Like, I didn't see it pushing any boundaries. I think a big problem was just, like, like the plot was just too, there was no way you could end this, this movie in a satisfactory way, if that makes sense. Really? Of just, like... Because I, I, I think it's just built up so much of just, like, your focus is on... Because I think from the start, you just know, like, he's not... He's either not going to see his dad or he's going to see him for a little bit and then not. And you're mm -hmm. just, like... I feel like the rest of the movie is just, like, building towards that moment that you know is going to happen anyways, right? Okay. Which I think kind of hurts it because it just puts so much expectation on the journey to really build that, like that up that emotion of right. seeing the dad right but it doesn't um because i don't they, it just felt kind of unfocused like i i think like the first 15 minutes probably could have been cut out easily like where they were doing the world building 
Uh, well, honestly, yeah, because I don't think the what they showed at the start was necessarily world. It was just like showing the the environment. Like, okay, it's world building, but like the environment that they showed at the start of the movie was the same as ours. The exact same. They didn't show any like quest stuff or anything. It was oh, just yeah. like all suburban stuff, you know? Right. Which is kind of cool. But like, I just remember it being 15 minutes of like stuff about, I want to be like my dad. My life sucks. Let's show this again and again. Like, I think they could have started with just like that scene. Like he could have just had a bad day at school and mm. he comes home and you have that scene where he's talking on the radio, right? Yeah. Or he's listening to his dad talk. And that says everything you need in that scene right there. Yeah. Just like, I miss my dad. I never had a relationship with him. I want to be like him, you know? Yeah. And like that, that instantly like 10, 15 minutes are gone right there, right? Which could have been built. What I was hoping for in that early 10, 15 minutes. Uh, so Tom Holland's character makes a lot of lists. And yeah. I was really hoping <laughs> for that. I was really hoping for that Shaun of the Dead moment where um, he makes his list and if you're paying attention to the list, every single thing on his list is something he cr he would end up crossing off on his journey. Yeah. Except that that does he makes another list later that he ends up crossing off on his journey, but like the one that you see at the very beginning isn't that list. And so I was a little disappointed by that. Yeah, it because the he goes out same list, yeah. Yeah, cuz he goes out to uh he goes he goes um out to school on his 16th birthday. And he makes a list like this is what's going to be a new me. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more confident to talk and talk to people. I'm gonna invite friends to my party, and I'm gonna walk like an Egyptian. I can't remember what the third one was, <laughs> but like, yeah. when you look at those things, I was like, all right, I'm gonna remember these because these are gonna be important, and they weren't, unfortunately, mm. because like on his journey, he does. I mean, they kind of were on his journey. He does do something which is more confident but he never invites friends to his party so it's like these are too specific of things like yeah what's what what do you it was a little odd yeah later and on also he, like the be like my dad yeah <laughs> that was a little obvious yeah so i was like these are i don't know how they're gonna resolve these things in the movie and they didn't Mm -hmm. um, but like later on he makes a list of things he wants to do with his dad and then he does end up crossing all those things off mm -hmm. um and so that's cool, but I would have liked to see that pay off a little more subtly because when this movie had its big payoff moments, mm -hmm. they were the movie wanted you to know it. Yeah. Like when he's sitting there crossing off all the things on his to-do list, it's just constantly showing flashbacks to some degree of to to quite a large degree actually of scenes we've already seen. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. It the, the scene worked as it needed to but it was a little on the nose and I always appreciate like subtle I appreciate subtlety, subtlety. <laughs> yeah. yeah like it's hard like because it's technically like a kids movie but Pixar is usually pretty good with well, the like, subtle stuff yeah and kids can pick up on things like that yeah also kids also like you know, you or me, to really get anything out of a movie, we want to watch or to out of a movie we like we want to see it two or three two or three times maybe mm hmm Kids want to, like, the kids that I know, when they watch a movie, they'll watch it over and over and over again. So, like, yeah. if you put in subtle things, kids will pick it up after a couple of rewatches. They're not stupid. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you don't have to be uh, super on the nose all the time. Yeah. Also, like, I think the the kids aren't always there for the emotional payoff. No, not necessarily. Movie. It's like, hey, it's a cool movie, right? But that's the thing. Like, if I'm, if I'm six years old and that's my favorite movie and I watch that movie, like... 
over and over and over again until I'm 10. By the time I'm 10, well, I'm a different person than I was when I was six. And like now, not only am I no- no- noticing the pretty colors, I'm noticing like a lot more of what's going on in the story too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Which was, so yeah, just trusting the audience. Yeah. Would have been nice. I don't think this movie trusted the audience at all. I don't think it was insulting to the audience because I've seen some movies that just straight up don't think their think their audience is stupid. Mm-hmm. But like this one didn't. It just didn't think the audience was as smart as they actually are probably yeah um so yeah that was like i mean that's not a terrible thing no but i think that did kind of hurt the emotional moment it, it felt it almost kind of like this is a weird analogy but it, it was like a check the movie was like a checklist in a way of like this is the emotional fe- yeah the emotional movie itself a checklist scene and then uh, check that off and then okay the audience feels emotional now let's move on to the third act where we have action and then another emotional checkoff scene and then movie end. Um, yeah. What do you think of the voice acting? I'm curious. Um, I feel like it was a little different for a Pixar movie. It know. was. There were a lot of voices I recognized, but like there were very few that I could specifically place. So in a way, this is like not as stacked a cast as t- Pixar u- movies usually are. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I thought it was fine. Did you notice anything specific about it? Mm, not really. I just, I thought the, I thought they were too big. The names were too big, I guess, for the stars. I wouldn't pick Which Pixar is maybe usually why they compensated with a bunch of people that I couldn't name. Maybe, yeah. Well, that, that's like because usually Pixar movies, like the the actors aren't like not famous, but yeah. like they're like you know, they're like B list, maybe C list actors. Yeah, Chris or, Pratt and Tom Holland are kind of mega superstars right now yeah exactly so it just felt a little odd i really just saw tom holland i'm not gonna lie i don't like tom holland's voice that's fair (laughs) i really just like i i think i just yeah i actually really liked chris pratt in this one i liked his character but also like he didn't sound extremely like chris chris pratt like when i first heard him i'm like i know that's chris pratt but he doesn't really sound like any of his other characters yeah so he definitely did like tom holland basically did peter parker for this yeah, and he sounded the Maybe same, and his younger. character was basically, basically that. But um, Chris Pratt's character was a very different character than I've seen him play before. I mean, maybe this is close to his Parks and Rec character. It I haven't is, seen him. Of, okay, but but also his Parks and Rec I, character was ten years ago, so it's like yeah. that's not the one that's in people's minds either. Yeah, I think I think that one worked. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, I think they could have found someone else, but like honestly, Chris Pratt was. I thought Chris good. Pratt was a good choice for that. Um. Yeah, um, but then yeah, the other ones I didn't really like. I guess voice acting is a huge deal, but I didn't really recognize any other like voice like performances that I really liked. If that makes sense. Yeah. Which um, is like like I remember. I liked the Manticore quite a bit. It was all right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, it might be a writing thing actually. Too. The, the Manticore was a good it. character. It's just in like general. sometimes when I like when you think of a lot like Pixar movies. Usually the voices are actually pretty distinct. Like I can mm. still remember like like the Finding Nemo voices. Like, oh yeah, voices from Cars are pretty distinct. Inside Out, Inside Out, like mm-hmm. the side characters, right? Are yeah. like pretty instant. And this one, I can't really think. Like the side characters were kind of boring. Yeah, who was who was John Ratzenberger in this? Do you know? Is he alive? He's got to be alive. <laughs> I don't know. John Ratzenberger, like, how, Pixar couldn't exist without John I don't Ratzenberger. Even, I'm trying to think. Because um, oh, he wasn't in like Incredibles either or anything. Right? No, he was. He was? Because he was the underminer. 
Oh, he was. John Ratzenberger oh. is the guy who. Uh, um, he, he's dino. He's dinosaur. He's a tear. He's Rex. In yeah. The story. No, he isn't. Rex is Wallace Shawn. John Ratzenberger. Oh, he's is the the, the pig. Porky. Porky. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. He's he's in. He has had a voice role in every Pixar Pixar film. Was he in this one? I am looking it the up. The suspense is building. Uh, why don't you talk a little more about this okay. movie for a moment? Um, what else do I want to say? I can't remember the score. That's kind of sad. Usually Pixar it? scores are really good. He was a construction worker. Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow. Cool. <laughs> I'm sure it was very distinct I in the moment. I don't even remember any construction workers in the movie. Was there a construction? Uh, I think like, oh, when the, the end. Yeah, yeah never mind. Um... Was like, yeah, okay. I like the humor was very off. I don't think I. I think I laughed once in the movie. Usually Pixar movies are hilarious. Mm-hmm. This one, I must have gone with the even, right crowd. Even like, like the really, I, I, we got like, lots of laughs. Um, it wasn't a very full theater, but me, I went and saw it with two friends, mm-hmm. and like all three of us were laughing quite a bit. Oh, so okay. I thought it was funny. Maybe I was just at the right crowd. Mm, maybe, yeah. Some the vibe does affect it. I yeah. can. The only thing I really like the scene where um. Uh, <laughs> what's her? What's the van's name? Um, Guinevere. Guinevere. When Guinevere does the run into the rocks, and then uh, oh, and yeah. he like pats it on the back, and then the tire breaks, and then it does like a galloping thing. That was actually that was so good. funny. I love that scene. Probably my favorite scene in the movie. Um, but yeah, I remember at the start. I hate. Oh my god, I hate the cops so much, dude. The Working hard or hardly working joke. That's I such an that. old joke. It's not even like a joke that's like you know so bad and like that's unironically that it's like funny. my favorite it was, joke this year. It's just year, like so. a bad joke. And Every kept, time he walked in, they kept saying it throughout. That was like his whole character. He's the he's the annoying one that says working hard or hardly working. I gotta say, I loved that specifically because the first time he comes in and says working hard or hardly working, I'm like, this guy is the bad stepdad that nobody likes. <laughs> yeah, that's right? trying to be cool. Yeah, like that one line character like tells you his entire character right away. I, just, I didn't like him but I'm supposed to like him that's the thing I kind of I wanted to like him I mean it felt like a character that's like like the stepdad you're supposed to not like but like I remember like Ant-Man did a really good job of this they made the, the stepdad actually like a good character yeah and like a bro whereas this guy like I guess he was he wasn't mean he's was just so annoying yeah yeah <laughs> it was like like he's trying I guess but I just I can't I like mean, him different dads for different lives there was no likable like I, I really, I really wished. I think it would have been cool if he joined them on the quest or something. It would have been, yeah. That would have been nice, and that like the you get like a little stepdad arc there of like, I guess I had to focus on the brother. I still don't think. So what you're saying I, is that you <laughs> wish that the stepdad had more character development. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna lie. I, I didn't. Okay, I, do we care about spoilers? Can we go into spoilers? We can go into spoilers. I have some other stuff okay. that I wanted to talk about too. Um, I didn't entirely like so essentially so it's spoilers here if yes, you didn't spoilers hear. here the emotional revelation in the movie is that chris pratt's character was the dad all along <laughs> well <laughs> not was, not really the, the dad, dad he made like along the, the way <laughs> something like that um the real dad was the dad we made along the way <laughs> so um i didn't like that because i thought his character was yeah, loser. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I I didn't mind that. I just thought that the movie was a little on the nose with it. It was on the like. I I think if you recognize that his brother was there for him mm. is good. I think 
the replacement of him as the father figure was kind of weird because I don't like I think I think he was a good brother. Yeah. But then like I don't see how it, it was like they made an a they didn't really resolve what the brother was doing in the past, if that makes sense. Because I don't think he was a good brother before. Right. And he didn't really change during the movie. No, they just had one really good 24 hours. Like, yeah. It was, a, it was a good bonding exactly. experience. But, like, like a lot of, like, I guess this is, like, a very, like, psychological analysis of it. But I can see, like, like from the start when, when you had the brother coming up in the van and he's, like, embarrassing him in front of his friends and stuff. That's not something like a good brother does. It's actually like very detrimental to especially, his, like, yeah, especially to his when, sanity and his social life. Yeah, you know? especially when he knows that his brother is like, struggling with all this stuff. Yeah, so it's like they never really resolve that. Like I guess there's that there's a scene at the end of the second act where he's like, "You are a loser. I shouldn't have listened to you." But like that has nothing to see, do. See, I don't with- even remember that, but I know that was in the movie because <laughs> that's been in every single movie that has an arc like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but any yeah so but they don't resolve like the whole the whole um build up of that scene has nothing to do with what he did before it has nothing to it only has to do with like the 24 hours they spent together so essentially him finding out that the brother is like the real dad or whatever him making peace with his brother is just like him forgiving what the brother's done for the past 24 hours and not like you know his entire life which yeah. i'm guessing wasn't I mean, it was probably it wasn't terrible. I'm but sure like, they were fine. Like they probably like, had a lot of good moments. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a great brother, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was kind of reminiscent of like Guardians of the Galaxy two with Yondu, which did feel kind of odd as well. Yeah, it's like uh, oh, um, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I, I did feel a lot more in that scene. Yeah, I hate like obvious tearjerker scenes. Yeah, and that's that was true. one of them. Which one, Guardians? Yeah. Oh, I mean, both of these movies actually. Well, it's hard to say. I actually I cried a lot when In Yondu Guardians? died. Okay, but it was only the third time I watched it. Right. I don't know why. The first two I saw it in theaters, I was just like, ah, that's kind of sad. But then the third time, I was just done. I don't know why. Wow. Um, but I guess I don't know. I think it worked better in Guardians. I can't. I can't tell you why. I mean, I guess controversial felt- opinion here, but Guardians of the Galaxy Two was a really well written movie. Oh. Well- <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Also, like, I guess the entire arc was, was yeah, focused on Yondu wanting to be a better person. Yeah. And Peter looking for a dad, you mm-hmm. know? And he had a dad all along, which is the same thing, but at least this, that, yeah, that movie, like, the entire movie, like, the, the story and the theme was entirely built on yes. fathership. Whereas this was just like... This one, it was there, and you could tell that that's the main point of the movie, but they tried to do a couple of other things, too, that maybe should have just tied in more to that main theme instead. Yeah, yeah. So that might have been why it didn't mm-hmm. hit as hard. Because, yeah, when he, was, when he got the brother thing, I didn't expect it, which was kind of cool, because I thought he was a shitty brother. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> so, like, I guess it was unpredictable, which is nice, but, I, yeah, I didn't really feel anything... Mm-hmm. When it happened, and it was such a long, it was like a thirty-second scene of him, like, well, it was, "Wow, oh, I did this with my brother, and, and I did this." All with of my these brother. flashbacks, yeah, fifty percent of which were things we'd already seen, yeah. <laughs> so which it's like, like, so all these good things happened in the past. I gotta say, twenty-four hours. It doesn't make your movie bad, but if you're making a movie and you have to flash back to scenes earlier in the movie, you need to reconsider whether or not you should actually do that. Yeah. 
because I mean, we saw the scenes just make it very clear through the framing or through something that those are important scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't really. Well, so, maybe that would have been too. I don't know. I mean, it that, just, it that's didn't the thing work. is this movie when it when this movie wanted you to know something was important, it it went out of its way to do that. That's but true. it was also very on the nose. It's <laughs> I still it's, it's hard to <laughs> it, it's hard to say exactly what you need to do. Even the Manticore scene, she's just like, "What am I doing with my life?" And she just <laughs> explains it. So, I have been trapped here in this restaurant. I care about taxes and stuff. I hate this. I want to break out of here. And then she, and, and then, then she also physically tears down the representation of her, I guess, mental shackles or whatever. And then she kind of ends up the same person. I don't I mean, know. She still runs a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she still I, pays taxes. I mean, you're you're describing this as an example of a bad scene. I love you the love Manticore. That well, uh, yeah. That scene is actually kind of that. That scene is everything we're talking about. However, really the person who like plays it. the Manticore and the writing of the Manticore just make all of the Manticore scenes. Yeah, I think it was actually she was. Viola Davis? Was that Viola Davis? I think I heard it was her. I might be wrong. I'm going to look this up because I already looked up John Ratzenberger, yeah. so phones are on the table. And the mom was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes, that's who it was. Uh, I, don't, I didn't, she didn't really stick out in this movie, but like she's a really solid actress. The Manticore was Octavia Spencer. Oh, never mind. Jeez. Wow, there are a lot of names that I didn't did know. not... No, like I, a lot of these people, I'm sure I recognize them. I, like I recognize because I heard these voices, and I'm like, that sounds like some someone I know. Mm. But like, who's the cop? The cop sounded familiar. The cop was Mel Rodriguez. What does he look like? Um, I was thinking he's the guy oh. from. I thought he was the guy from Super Troopers. Have you ever seen The Last Man on Earth? No. Okay. Can you see uh, a picture. This is this is who that is. Oh, that guy. Yeah. He was in a Community. One of them. Yes. Let's see, and then. Lena Waif. That's who that was. Okay, this is the uh, the Cyclops. Oh, she's from uh, Master of None. Yes, That's all I know her from. And then Ali Wong was her partner. Oh, okay, cool. And Tracy Ullman. Who's Ali Wong was in this? Man, Ali Wong just Ali has Wong's these really been... small, weird scenes. And I'm I like, almost feel why like... was she in this movie? I thought she had more star power than this. I mean, I almost I, I'm really glad she's getting work. I also almost feel bad for her because she's getting like extremely bit parts. Like yeah. in Birds of Prey, she was one of my favorite characters. I feel like but she's in it for two minutes. She had to have had like some big scenes cut because they're just must have. She was like, yeah, she was a decently recognizable actress. She, she was, felt important to the story. Yeah, but she wasn't there at all. No, and like in this one, um, she was just like a bit. She was basically a cameo. Yeah. <sighs> She needs to get more work. She she's got to be in another Pixar movie. But in someone a, in a someone main, needs to fire character. her agent or something. Cause something like that, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know. She gets like. I don't even know if I don't. I, maybe whoever, she whoever's just, booking her movies for sure. Yeah. Because like, oh well. Anyway. Um. So I guess what I wanted to say is like, where do you what do you think is the state of Pixar right now? Because I think they're like, not this movie specifically. But this movie and Incredibles and maybe Cars Two seem like or Cars Three seem like it seems to me like they're going through a bit of a midlife crisis here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to. This was an original movie. A lot, this I think a original. lot of people were expecting this to be like Pixar's return to form for original movies because I think they've exhausted all their sequel opportunities at this point. I'm very glad of that. I don't like, want to see more sequels unless we get like 
Ratatouille 2. Ratatouille. Oh, no. Um, Let's keep wall, Brad Bird out of sequels for a while. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I'm kind of disappointed. I, I read, this is the same guy that did Monsters University. Oh, I don't it? know why they would bring him back to direct another movie. Oh. I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm not going to, okay, that might be why I didn't. I knew it was him going in, mm. and I kind of read the reviews like very similar to Monsters University. Yeah, and again, I, I think a lot of the same. It had a lot of the same problems. But the thing is, that movie was seven years ago. Yeah, you'd hope this guy would have improved, especially because I mean, it's an original movie that also like this was based kind of very loosely on his life. Okay, um, and it's like it's a very personal story, mm. but it just it lacked. A lot. Well, <clears throat> it was a personal story, but he just tried to. I mean, I keep coming back to this, but it's a personal story, and he just tried to dress it up too much. Like, yeah, that if it's if it's a personal story, then you have to keep it. It's got to be focused, and yeah. it didn't seem focused on in a lot of spaces. Yeah, and like, <clears throat> I want to stress, I liked this movie, but yeah, that's that's there. That's a problem with it. Mm. So, yeah, which was I, I and yeah, I just I don't know why. They would. I don't know if they're gonna put him in charge of another movie. I feel like this movie might not do too well because of certain reasons. Um, <clears throat> but I don't. We'll see. With um, they got what's the other movie? Soul they had? comes Soul. out this year. I saw the trailer. I, I don't. Not that excited. I don't know what to think of this movie because the concept sounded interesting when I read about it like two years ago. Yeah. But also. I mean, I emphasized how much the visuals mean to me, right, in these Pixar movies, and the the only stuff I've seen of Soul has, like, a very vibrant New York City, and mostly doesn't take place in that New York City, it takes place in a very empty black space. As far that's, as we can tell. Yeah, yeah that's probably not true, but that's what the trailers make it look like, and, yeah. like, if there's nothing interesting to look at, why am I not just listening yeah. to a podcast? Yeah. Well, yeah, it feels very... um inside out us yeah and so i'm hoping that it's going to be like i've i've heard it described and i don't know if i heard this described officially or just from some idiot on the internet yeah but i heard it described as like a spiritual sequel a spiritual successor to inside out mm -hmm. it's the same director too oh, okay pete doctor so it's like pixar's a team he's done um he did wally -E and up i think oh man um inside out and this one I, I think he did another movie in there somewhere. I can't remember though. Okay. It might have been it might have been Monsters Inc. I can't remember. But anyway, so he's yeah. like he's like a heavyweight. Yeah. Um I don't <laughs> I just I can't find myself excited for this movie, which is unfortunate because I thought this movie had when I when I saw the premises, uh, this movie had way more potential mm -hmm. based off This the was plot. the one I was excited about more than Soul for sure. Yeah. And but we'll see. Like yeah. I remember when I went to Ins to see Inside Out, I didn't know what to expect, and I loved it a lot. Mm -hmm. And like my opinion of it has degraded a little bit over the years, mm -hmm. but like still up there. I still like it a lot. Yeah. So yeah, we'll find out. I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I found it. I find it weird that this movie could get through all of this because Pixar. I like. I don't know what's going on with Disney, but like. They might have they might have split their team up or something. It, it and definitely seems like Pixar is bigger than they used to be, mm -hmm. and I don't know that that's entirely a good thing. At least not at this point. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't think so. No, yeah. it's just um, 
Yeah, because well, like I, there's a bunch of stuff coming out on Disney Plus too that's also Pixar and kind of they're, they're well not a bunch of stuff wasn't but, really good either it's not quality yeah so. so I'm thinking don't like Pixar used to do like one movie every year or two and they would do that really really well yeah and now they have way more movies but. I wouldn't even say it's arguable. The quality of those movies is definitely not as consistent as it used to be. Even if you like all of the movies that they put out, the quality is noticeably noticeably inconsistent at least. Yeah. Well, which is I just find it weird because like I know Pixar has a very good system. I've read about it of just like like when they go make a movie, right? Yeah. Like the entire Pixar team works on it's not just like the director right it's like like the entire division checks on it once in a while to make sure like this works and that works yeah. just to make sure it flows well right um and they'll pick out anything that they just think is bad right so mm-hmm. like the director even if the director isn't great they still have a lot of overarching con- overarching control over yeah. the project kind of like marvel i guess right which is why marvel is pretty consistent too mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't like i think i think it's just the biggest thing is just like Pixar has lost its brand, its brand um, uh, commercialism, I guess. And that if I'm watching a Pixar movie, I actually don't know <laughs> if I'm going to like it anymore. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm going to get like the Pixar, because I know like there's like a Pixar experience, so that makes sense of just like like the the main, the biggest, the big movies, like, like Toy Story, mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc., like all the really good ones, they have like, they evoke, similar feelings when I watch them. Well, that's that's the biggest thing that I noticed when I was trying to say earlier that I think Pixar is going through a midlife crisis. The themes in Onward especially, but also in like Cars 3 and I guess Incredibles 2. I just don't want to talk about that one very much. <laughs> yeah. But like the themes in all of those are very different from what they used to be because it's uh, it's hard to explain. Like Toy Story and Monsters, Inc., and I guess Inside Out, too, all the way up to Inside Out, are about, like, people experiencing, like, their their lives or their worlds are changing in very radical ways. And, like, Onward isn't really that, mm. and neither is... I mean, Cars 3 is, but in a very different way, because it's a guy sort of, like, letting go of the past instead of moving on into a new era. Yeah. I mean, like, technically he's doing both, but... Yeah. If that sort of makes sense. And then Incredibles 2, I don't know. Incredibles. Did it even have a theme? <laughs> I can't I think, think it of had a theme. It's its theme was Incredibles 1 again, uh-huh. but not as good. Yeah. <laughs> not even it wasn't even like it, it it had the same plot as Incredibles 2, it had none of the same like lessons, I guess, or yeah, themes, it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it didn't uh it didn't the only thing that it was like consistently still hitting was the the was the superhero supremacy angle. Yeah, which was yeah for some which is reason such a weird thing. They 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 took that as the most important thing from Incredibles one. <laughs> so like, uh, let's and, do this again. So eventually on this show we should do like a retrospective of all of Brad Bird's movies because it is super. It's weird. It's a roller coaster. Brad Bird. Of emotions. I don't even know, man. Brad Bird's <laughs> movies are. They're all like he really thinks like based on his movies, it really seems like he thinks that 
some people are just born better than others and that those people need to be encouraged and everyone else needs to be just thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's super weird the more, because like his movies individually are really good and that's not what you would get from them. But if you watch enough of them and then you see Tomorrowland where he spells that out, then you're like, like what? oh, <laughs> you're a weird dude, Brad Bird. I don't know if I like you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyways, yeah, I don't know what's up with Pixar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that would be perfect. We can call the series Bird Watching. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Please. I really want to do quit. this now. No. Um, yeah. I, okay, I want to talk about one more thing from Onward. Yeah, let's talk about Onward. The magic. Yeah. I thought it was ridiculously easy for the main character to learn all this magic shit. Yes. In twenty less than 24 hours. Yes. And I thought it had a very weird effect on his personality I thought his character arc was undeserved if that makes sense too um how do you mean I might agree with you I'm not him sure. learning to do magic has nothing to do with him becoming a more social like, socially acceptable person slash make peace with his family you know I don't know that I would fully agree like the family angle obviously doesn't well he it the, felt like the, a coming of age thing, like make, kind of Harry Potter. Well, the making the making peace with his family came from the fact that like his brother couldn't do magic, but knew how to do it. So he, so that was like a bonding experience for them. And then the rest was just like, well, through magic, he had like through having that magic, he had to learn to basically be more confident and be a I don't know, sixteen year old or something. So it's like, I don't know. I think it. it it, it, I guess. Oh, it yeah. doesn't specifically tie in, but I think it was a good like there was a, he was gonna have to learn some skill, and magic is a very good skill for him to learn in that respect. I think because like you have to show somehow without him saying I am now more confident that he's like becoming a more confident person <laughs> yeah. and like going breaking out of his That's shell. True. It was like like I kind of see what they're going for, and there's a couple scenes like I guess with like the the bridge scene. Yeah. It kind of made sense, like, I believe in myself yeah. when I cross the bridge. Um, but I kind of wish there were more scenes kind of like in the Manticore's lair where he doesn't use magic to be more confident there and, like, try to get the paper. He just, like, he he is desperate to see his dad. Yeah. Therefore, he goes out of his comfort zone to do something, which yes. I think is, like, more relatable, yeah. if that makes sense. That was more interesting. What I'm getting out of this is that the Manticore's tavern is the best scene in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, it actually is though. <laughs> yeah, because like I agree, there should be more. There should have been more instances of magic like that, mm -hmm. where you know it. That worked because he like, it, he needed it to work. So he so he stepped out of his comfort zone and did the thing. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah. So I guess like where are we at? Uh, We're at like fifteen minutes. 40, whoa. Forty-eight minutes. We're almost at the uh, yeah. only only forty more minutes, and we'll be at the length of the runtime. Wow. Of... <laughs> um, was... Yeah, what what would you say? Would you go recommend this movie? Um, I'd say wait for Disney Plus. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Other than, if you want to go for the Manticore scene, watch that. I did really like this movie, so I would I would I would recommend it. But like, I guess after this conversation, it's like a soft recommend, like. If it doesn't sound interesting to you after this rec after this con um, after this podcast, like don't wait wait for Disney Plus. But I think I think that as a Pixar movie, like it's not one of the bad ones. It's a good one. So 
We'll see how Soul is. I guess we'll probably talk about that later yeah. this year. Spe- <laughs> that was also a very non-subtle trailer. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it doesn't apply to the movie. We will see. So, um, yeah. yeah, this has been uh, our today's episode of Bird Watching. Next time we're going to talk about the Iron Giant. Yay. No. <laughs> <laughs>